welcome to Myth in the Mojave, a weekly half hour of storytelling and conversation about mythology and why it's important to our lives today. I'm your personal mythologist, Catherine Savela. I live in Joshua Tree, and I'm pleased to bring this program to the high desert and beyond here on Radio Free Joshua Tree. Today I'm talking with Stephen Lindstedt, the founder of Scalar Heart Connection, a simple process for helping people connect with their heart's innate knowing. Stephen has a doctoral degree in natural health and studied bioresonance in Germany based on the principles of oriental medicine. He is the author of three books, Scalar Heart Connection, The Heart of Health, The Principles of Physical Health and Vitality, and Quantum Healing Codes. He has lectured extensively on the subject of mind-body connection and creates and conducts workshops in the area of physical health and emotional well-being. Stephen is going to be here in Joshua Tree, September 12th through 14th at the Synchronicity Symposium to present Scalar Heart Connection and to demonstrate how we can be guided by our hearts to shift old and limiting beliefs into positive resonances and thereby align ourselves with what is positive, joyful, and life-enhancing. Welcome to Myth in the Mojave, Stephen. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm glad you could join me. Now, you live in the low desert, right? I do. I'm in La Quinta, actually. Oh, great. Good, good, yeah. good, good. So, um, so that's great. So this may not be our first and only connection here with the program and then the symposium. Fantastic. Now, I don't know what scalar heart connection is. <laughs> so uh-huh. if we could start from the very beginning, you know, explain to us a little bit about what this process is. How does it work? The process was designed to help us tap into our heart's own innate knowing about things. There was um, a lot of research done by the Institute of Heart Math that showed that the heart actually knows beforehand when an important event is about to happen, that the heart starts to respond even before the brain responds, and then the body goes into all kinds of appropriate um, response mechanisms. And I thought that was really amazing because it says that there is some, some energy that the heart taps into that that knows it's like it's tapping into this quantum field of uh, infinite intelligence if you will mm-hmm. so i thought well what if i uh, were able to ask the heart different questions and kind of set it up like the the heart math uh, experiment so that i could ask the heart uh, a question that i have about something that's troubling me and and ask the heart to show me basically a number that is connected to a statement that would be appropriate to how the heart would communicate um, how I should respond to this event in a more positive, loving, and, and heartful way. So you mentioned heart math, and that rings a little bit of a bell for me, but remind me now, what's the basic idea there with that? Well, um, heart math looks at the heart variability rate and says that when we're, when we're stressed and we're, we're upset that there is a... Um, uh, the heart beats at a, at a rate that is no longer coherent. Uh, and yet when we step into a very positive, heartful uh, vibration, that the heart rate 
is more even, is more coherent. And so they have biofeedback ways of, of helping you to, like, lower some of your stress. What I've been looking at is, is what are some of the emotions that come up behind that? And a lot of times we, we respond to different, way, different events almost based on our cultural conditioning or the way we grew up. And so, so we tend to respond sometimes in not a positive way. Sometimes we just react, and that is more mind or brain conditioned reacting. And that, that's usually what gets me into trouble when I just react because, um, you know, this is the way I was always taught to react. And it's not always positive. Uh, and so the opposite to that is if we sort of short-circuit short the brain and we go directly to the heart, we can find compassion, we can find tolerance, and, you know, we can respond in a more heartful way. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that through heart math, scientists are understanding that the heart starts reacting, well, responding, anticipating events that have Even before the brain. Um, now, heart math, what they've done is they have, they have scientists on staff that have conducted experiments that have demonstrated this. And that's all good because our mind likes to have science. We believe things when the scientists say, oh, yeah, we've tested this and this is true. But um, really, this whole idea of synchronicity Mm-hmm. is really something that goes back, you know, I mean, I guess from the beginning. And, um, if, if you look, for example, um, Marie-Louise von Franz, who is a colleague of Carl Jung, she often uses the story of this guy who was able to tell you what card a person was going to pick out of a deck of cards two days in advance and um, 2,000 miles away. <laughs> and he was phenomenally accurate. So even without heart math and even without, you know, whatever experiments that we might use to support that, um, you know, we've all experienced how sometimes we'll be thinking of a friend and suddenly they'll call or they'll send us an email. So these are all ideas that kind of tap into the idea of synchronicity. And what that is, is that's saying that sometimes we have events in our lives that come up or happen that might... um, be favorable. They might be. Um, they might give us a, a warning of something, or they might give us meaningful information. And so, I thought that perhaps I could use that mechanism to actually talk to that that field of consciousness. And so, scalar heart connection is a process where you can actually do it online at askyourheartsession.com. And there's also an Ask Your Heart app that you can get on um, your phone where essentially, let's say I'm I'm having a problem, I'm in an argument with my wife or my spouse, and I'm feeling really agitated about it, and I don't know how to to deal with this situation. Well, I can can actually type in my, my issue or my problem, and then I can ask the heart to show me a number that is related to an appropriate response. And I'm doing that based on the idea that the heart already knows. It's already tapped into that field of unlimited intelligence. And so the response that I generally get back, and I've been doing this for three years, and it just amazes me at how, how accurate the heart is to the situation and how the advice that it's giving me 
is always so right on that when I actually apply it, I find that whatever situation I was in, maybe I'm upset, I'm worried, I have anxiety about money or relationship issues, that the advice that I give, if I apply it, always just takes the situation to a much higher level where you experience the joy of, of the heart, the compassion, and essentially it's the energy of love. That's marvelous. Now, you know, that the choosing of a number and all that, I mean, that reminds me a lot of the practice of drawing a tarot card. Yes. Yes. Um, actually, Carl Jung talked about that same process with the I Ching. Um, in that case, he was looking at chance, but he was saying that chance is really connected to synchronicity, that there isn't really anything that is chance. That the, If we really believe in this unlimited field of energy, we can call it God or, or higher consciousness or higher mind, but that field of energy, uh, if we are sincere in asking a question, chance or no chance, just drawing a, a deck, a card out of the deck, what, what um, is it that guides our hand to pick this card or that card? And it's the same way with scalar heart connection. It's what is that energy that is directing my heart to show my mind a number? Mm-hmm. And so if I say, well, the answer to your problem is 1 through 20, and I come up with number 17. I, I say the number 17 because it just rises up out of that field of consciousness. And I'm amazed at how, I mean, 99% of the time, number 17 is just what I needed to hear. So the numbers, the, the number is just, is just a way of um, delineating different possibilities, kind of like with a deck of cards, if you have... Exactly. It's okay. just like a, a deck of cards. And so I, I was using Carl Jung's idea of number as being sort of an archetype, and a number has, has a meaning embedded in it. And I thought, well, um, the heart is a number because the heart is, is vibrating. The very frequency of the, of the heart, um, just for example, I... Um, if you look at the the heartbeat 72 times per minute on average, that's 4,320 times in an hour. And 432 is a, a number that goes back to antiquity. It, it comes up um, a lot in terms of different belief systems about, I don't know, the age of the of the universe and things like that. But also 432 squared just coincidentally happens to be the speed of light. We're very close to it. And if you take the speed of light and you square that, you end up with uh, Einstein's fundamental description of, of energy. Mm-hmm. And so just, just from that alone, you can see that the vibration of the heart is connected to space-time. And so, so that idea gave me the idea that, well, the heart is a number-counting system. And so if I ask the heart to show me a number, that is like the natural language of the heart. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, you would, you know, uh, just out of the box, you would think that numbers, you know, math, what could that possibly have to do with feeling, especially with love and compassion and connectedness? But, um, but of course, you know, of yeah. course, those things that seem at one level to be opposed and are maybe even used in opposition sometimes at, if you go deep enough, are in fact expressions of the same thing. 
Right. I think when you look at vibration, vibration creates shape. It creates form. And there is the idea that goes back to the Vedic texts of how the heart chakra, which is an emotional center, um, has the, the geometry of the twin tetrahedral. Some people know it as the uh, Star of David, or, the, or I call it the Metatron's Cube. And that geometry, actually I've used that as a matrix to be able to come, to, to come together with these, all of the numbers and the different emotions. And so very much mathematics um, ties into vibration, which ties into form and sacred geometry. And so that all comes together in Scalar Heart Connection in a way that allows us to communicate with, um, with our heart. So how did, you, how did you get into this work? I mean, it, it, listening to you, it's apparent that you have looked very deeply into a range of connected topics. I mean, to kind of to put all of this together. I mean, what's the story of, about how this came to you or how were you led into this? Well, I was working as a, an accountant. I was uh, in, in finance and uh, working in the corporate world, minding my own business. And um, I happened to um, be going through a divorce at that time. And I had a lot of uh, strains with, with money and finances and just all the emotion that comes with that. And one day I woke up with a very acute pain in my right side that um, sent me to the emergency room, and the doctors wanted to do an appendectomy. And I just, I was in absolute excruciating pain, but the thought of um, having you know, to go to surgery just uh, frightened me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I, I went and saw a, a Chinese healer, an ener- energy medicine healer that a friend recommended. And Catherine, within 10 minutes, this um, basically it was a Shaolin master waved his hands over my abdomen, and I, was, I went from being doubled over in agony to being able to sit up straight pain-free. And that happened just within a matter of minutes. And, and um, so I asked him, I said, well, that was absolutely amazing. I don't, I don't understand what, what just happened. And he said, well, you um, are worried about money, and money weakened your system. In fact, it threw off such a chaotic energy that your large intestines was absorbing that chaotic energy to the point where your small intestines were rejecting it. And so essentially my, my abdomen was rejecting the large intestines, and that was the pain that I was feeling. And so what he did was just balance the energy and strengthen me for money. The energy vibrated back into harmony, and the pain went away almost instantaneously. Wow. So that was like when you have a real-life experience where you are just you know crying in pain one minute, and then you're pain-free. And the reason is because of an emotional response that I was having. It really shook, shook my whole foundation and my whole belief system about this reality and showed me that my thoughts, my negative thoughts and my feelings have a very direct impact on my physical body. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went into, um, into natural medicine. I was interested in, well, how can I help other people be able to look at the emotions behind their pain and their discomfort. That's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, it, um, 
Yeah, I think a lot of us have experiences not quite that uh, pointed or profound, but that have a similar effect. And I'm remembering my, uh, I started really getting interested in the connections between energy and health. And I think actually actively entertaining what now seems to me so obvious, you know, that it is all energy, energy fields. Of course, this was 25 years ago or whatever, so maybe I can be forgiven for being skeptical at that point. But I had a cat that was really sick, and I took him to an acupuncturist because my regular vet said he couldn't do anything for the cat. And it, I mean, it was, it was remarkable. I mean, sitting next to him, I could feel that he was healing right. from these needles. And, you know, and I mean, I had, and it, it really changed my perspective dramatically. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. When you have the personal experience, I think that's what, that's what shakes us up. And I, I find that it's our personal experiences that are our motivation to change. And um, I, I talk about the, the journey of the hero, and I feel like all of us are on this journey of the hero where our life experiences are offering us opportunities to grow and to learn from our experiences. And so I use scalar heart connection as a, as a modality or as a, or as a technique to sort of help us guide us through that process so that when we come into an an experience, we have a traumatic event or something is upsetting in us on our life, that we're not, we don't have to deal with it all by ourselves, that we can tap into that innate knowing of our heart and that can help us overcome some of those limitations that basically our mind is imposing on us. It's our belief system that imposes our own limitation. Right, right. Well, that's very interesting, you know, and I think the hero's journey that gets used so much that I, I know there's some people out there, as soon as they hear the words, they like eyes start glazing over. But, you know, I, in its, I mean, that, that, that uh, archetypal pattern has been applied to many, many, many things, but ultimately it describes a kind of union inner union with the self in some way. Exactly. And right. so I, th- I mean, it makes total sense to me that this conversation is the way I'm sort of imagining it now with your heart and with it, what it knows and the fact that the heart knows before the brain knows before the mind, uh, that seems r- really essential to, what the hero's journey on the individ- for each of us individually really is. Right. Yeah, and I believe that is the purpose of the, of the hero's journey, that we're all called to be heroes, to find that balance and that centeredness within our own heart. Mm-hmm. Now, there have been a few places, as we've been talking, where you've used the word intention, or you've talked about, you know, approaching the universe or this energy field, whatever term we want to use for it. With sincerely with a question, yes. I mean, uh, how important do you think intention is really? Well, I think intention is still a thought, and there is usually an emotion behind that thought. And thinking and emotions are really essentially vibrations. And so, when we have um, a negative vibration, I think attract 
like attracts like, and we end up manifesting on the outside that vibration that we're putting out on the inside. And so I believe that intention is everything. Mm-hmm. And scale of heart connection is helping us to to really shift the energy or that vibration of a negative intention into one that is positive. But it's really hard for us to do that when we don't know, well, what is the subconscious belief that I might have adapted or adopted from childhood? And I'm still playing out those old tapes in my current relationship or in my current creative um, endeavor. And so if we can get to the root of that, we can find a way to to shift that energy into a a different and a more positive way of being, Mm -hmm. which the problem with that is that that is an that's unknown territory. You know, we we are our mind is so accustomed to being um, comfortable in its safe zone and doesn't like to just travel out and do something different. And so, when the mind can understand cognitively what is it, what is holding it itself back, that negative limiting belief, and we can replace it with something positive. Um, then we have a chance of shifting out of it, and when we shift out of it, we can change our our lives. I mean, I mean seriously, just like going from having pain uh, in the doctor's office to to not having pain, and just almost instantly, we can mm-hmm. change our our life and our environment that fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been kind of concerned with this notion of intention myself for oh, quite a while, and it was. Now, the topic for another conversation between the two of us, it was a central part of my dissertation for my PhD in mythology. But one of the reasons that I ask is that I think while I agree with everything that you said, it also seems to me that a tremendous amount happens to us and for us without any conscious intending at all. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm finding myself even more interested in that, you know. That is a fascinating subject because that is, uh, what I, uh, what we'll be hearing at the symposium and that, and that is about the archetypes and the archetypes you could say, as Jung said, that you can view an archetype as that coming from your higher place, from your higher self, that is organizing things for your for your betterment. And so suddenly there's this invisible hand of God that is that is doing things to you, but perhaps it's just our, our higher self that is sort of helping us along this path that we call life. Mm-hmm. So so what you said I, I think is really fascinating. It's a very interesting topic. Right. Right. I guess I would, I've sort of moved away from myself, away from the idea of, oh, I am, you know, trying to consciously, you know, intend, just use Uh that word since that we're talking about, to more the idea of consciously collaborating. Yeah. You know, of of using the things that happen to me to try and relativize my reactions and be more aware of what is happening that I'm not trying to make happen. <laughs> right. I think we're saying the same thing, but just just uh, differently. I think it's your intention is to um, sort of be more uh, in resonance with that that higher intelligence. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and I absolutely agree with you. I think at the bottom of scalar heart connection is that it teaches us to really just tap into the guidance of our own heart mm-hmm. and to just not resist but to go along with the wisdom. It's it, I call that riding the magic carpet. And if we can go through life like that, then I think that we will we will have a planet where people live from that place and we can hold this, the space and the vibration for compassion and tolerance and love in the world, which I, from, you know, current events, it's something that is really needed today. Yes. Yes, it is. So can people work with you one-on-one to have this? They can. They can uh Contact me through scalarheartconnection.com. They can also, there's a free program at scalarheartconnection.com called Ask Your Heart. Um, those are two ways of doing it. The, the free online session is, uh, is made so you can just like <clears throat> almost do it, you know, with your, <clears throat> with your phone. And <clears throat> the, uh, the, the longer session is we, we get into some, more specifics, and that's something that I do workshops to teach people how to how to do that for themselves and for other people. Okay. Tell us what you're going to be offering to people who come to the symposium. I'm going to be talking a lot about um, the subject that we've just gone over, but the fun part is I'm going to be demonstrating the process there with people. And so that we can all experience uh, someone's issue and we can actually watch them communicate with their own heart. It's absolutely a wonderful, exciting process to witness. And uh, I'm hoping that we'll have time to do a a group session so that uh, as a group we can come together collectively and come up with an issue that that we all want to to resonate and see uh, have an effect in the world. And so... um, so yeah, the the most exciting part is is going to be actually applying the the process, and then in the afternoon I'll be doing a, a workshop where I will go into more specifics of showing people how they can do it for themselves. Okay, so yeah. people who come to the symposium can get an expanded explanation of what this process is. They yes. can see it demonstrated, right. <laughs> participate. Yep. And learn how to use this on, I, it sounds to me like something you could easily use daily. I do it daily, yeah. And some people do it throughout the day. It's, um, you know, things come up all day long that, that sometimes throw us off center. And it's nice just to check into your heart and see, you know, sort of rebalance yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you have, um, I've been asking a other people who are presenting at the symposium, the same question. Do you have a, a wish or a message for people out there who are considering coming to this symposium in September and haven't committed yet, <laughs> a way to entice them to come? Yes, I, I think that the symposium is bringing together visionary people who have been doing a lot of research into heart consciousness and into consciousness itself. And so if you're interested in that, and I just I hope that everybody is because it's really something that we as a, as a humanity really need, I think, to tap into that, 
to that unlimited consciousness. And if we can do that, then we no longer see separation. We see ourselves and everybody and everything. And, and that, to me, is going to be what's needed in this world the most. So at this symposium, we're going to have phenomenal speakers that are really going to be talking about consciousness and bringing sort of the scientific to it and also the practical and it's just going to be uh, a gathering of just like-minded, heartful people. Yeah, it's going to be marvelous. Yeah. Just marvelous. Well, this is really great. I'm going to go to your website and try this. I, I, it sounds better than tarot cards, actually. It sounds like I might actually be able to understand the message a little bit better. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit more interactive than just pulling a card. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I, yeah. when I do that, I'm like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, hmm, now what? Yeah. I'm not really sure exactly what I'm saying to myself with this here. <laughs> so, thank well, you. thank you very much. It's been a joy and a pleasure to talk with you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I just want to make sure so people know that to contact you and for more information about Stephen's work, his website is www.scalarheartconnection.com. And that scalar is S-C-A-L-A-R, heartconnection.com. Thank you so much. So that's it for me, Catherine Savela, and Myth in the Mojave for this week. I'd like to remind you that Radio Free Joshua Tree and Myth in the Mojave are made possible by generous donations from Mojave Wi-Fi, Joshua Treats Ice Cream, Pappy and Harriet's, Petersburg Realty, and listeners like you. Please support this unique community-based station by clicking on the Donate button on our website, www.rfjt.com. Org. Special thanks to Travis Rosenberg for my theme music and to you for listening. Please tune in next week. And in the meantime, happy myth making and keep the mystery in your life alive. Mm-hmm.